0: So the Nick Pop Podcast is brought to you by Pella Windows and Doors. You know, a new door, new set of windows can really totally change the look and the feeling and the vibe of your home. Plus, it can add more value to your home. It can make your home more energy efficient. Pella checks all those boxes and then some. Pella can provide window and door solutions to any home and working with the people at Pella is second to none now is the time. Turn your window and door modeling dreams into a reality with Pella. Check them out online. PellaOmaha.com. That is PellaOmaha.com. Well, it is uh, it's Monday, August 10th, and boy, the sports world is crazy right now. It feels like if you're like off Twitter for 10 minutes, 15 minutes, you're going to miss some like huge stories breaking and things are happening really fast in the world of, of the pandemic and college football and football in, in general. And obviously one of the big stories locally here in the state of Nebraska and in particular Omaha was the announcement of Omaha Public Schools, OPS, canceling football season, high school football, which is obviously devastating for a bunch of people. And especially in a, in a state like Nebraska, a place that holds high school football in, in such high regard. And when this news hit, I immediately – knew I needed to get Mike Soder on the podcast. Uh, Mike Soder, the Omaha World Herald. I mean, he's got a really cool story and kind of his rise to being really one of the most dominant voices in Nebraska high school media coverage. And this guy, he's got his finger on the pulse of all things Nebraska high school sports, and in particular, the coaches, the players, and the parents. So he's kind of the perfect guy to have on to discuss uh you know the news of of OPS Omaha Public Schools canceling football season and what that may mean for the rest of the state and all that goes into uh went into that decision and what you know what now what transfer options are out there for different people uh so he, he he's uh he's he's got his finger on the pulse man again Mike writes for the Omaha World Herald. You can read his stuff there. I I highly recommend you do. Good guy, very plugged in. This was a really good chat. You know, we hit on all the angles of the cancellation of high school football for OPS and you know, then we kind of hit on a, on a handful of other things. The we get into the rise of club sports and and the AAU scene and and then we talk some in-state recruiting as well. Most notably, we we get uh Mike's thoughts on Hunter Salas, who's the five-star stud basketball player from Millard North, who's pretty much got every offer in the world uh, right now. He's, I mean, he could be a McDonald's All-American. And we get Mike's thoughts on the latest on on uh, what Hunter's kind of thinking right now in terms of his decision uh, to go play college basketball uh, after his senior year at Millard North. So we hit on a lot. I mean, we hit on on a ton of different things. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. So let's get to it, man. Here is my podcast chat with the Omaha World Herald's Mike Sauter. All right, online now is uh, Mike Sauter, Omaha World Herald. Uh, yeah, I've always, Mike, I've I've always admired and supported you because you you're somewhat of a self-made dude. Is that a fair way to describe like your rise? to really kind of what I would say kind of dominate the Nebraska high school sports kind of coverage and, and, and all that stuff before we get to all the, the cancellations of high school sports, (laughs) let's get to how you've dominated covering it up until this point. Like, is that a self-made? Would that be a good way to describe it?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've had a lot of help along
0: the way, right.
1: With, with people and everything, but um, you know, I just, I, years ago was 10, 11 years ago. Now I just saw opportunity and uh, took it you know really i, I there just wasn't um uh, kids from nebraska being covered like other places right um and other states and i just felt as far as their recruiting and summer basketball and stuff i mean i start i'm a basketball guy to my core but i i just thought that those guys needed a little more love right right so um, it it started with I'll, I'll be brief here. Yeah, give it to it, me. It, it it started with uh, it started with me uh going out to the NBA Players Association Top One Hundred Camp, and uh I, I went out there with a Koi Gal, uh, and uh, was his chaperone, I guess, if okay. you will, that weekend. And uh, really, that camp is locked down, like no fans only media and only parents. And somehow I got in. <laughs> I don't know how they let me in, <laughs> uh, but I made it. Uh, and, and really uh, I do have to say, I mean, the start is um, Scott hammer actually uh, really was kind of part of the start too. So I got to give credit to him and he uh, let me hang around his AU team with Tradeon on Holland yep. and McCoy and those guys. So, but anyway, I was, I was out at this camp and uh, i I was in there and they said, you can sit with the media people, but don't talk to any kids. I'm like, okay, that's fine. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I went and and um, and it was fun. I mean, that was like, I don't know you remember Dave Tellup was there. I mean, yep. you're talking like guys that, you know, the national guys that you're like, whoa, like mm-hmm. these guys are people. Um, and, um, you know, I, I was in the hotel bar that night and um, or the Friday night and, and the guy goes, well, who do you write for? And I'm like, uh, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> and they, and, and, and I asked them, well, you know, I got to talk a little bit, Well, who do you write for? And they said like Delaware preps or Delaware high school, whatever. And yeah. I'm like, wait a, wait a second here. <laughs> like if Delaware can do this, yes. we need to do this. Yes. So, uh, so it first ever tweet was, uh, um, I, I got to know a guy that wrote for Slam magazine, um, named Dave. He's uh, Dave Spawn, really good guy in Chicago. And uh, that weekend, and we came up with the name, right? Uh, and and uh, started out obviously as Nebraska HS Hoops or High School Hoops. And um, first tweet was a koi gal at the camp going. to His mama do injai who's like seven and five or yep, whatever yep. the hell what And and koy like, was a baby looking to him. Uh, it was so funny because he was so big around, you know, everybody in Nebraska. And then you're out there and, like, this guy's, like, 7'2 or something. And he just dwarfed him. So, that was the first tweet ever. Um, so, it was – It's amazing, you know, man. From, from there, it just kind of grew. And I had other guys, you know, say after a couple of years, other guys say, hey, like – you know, we live in Nebraska, right? And like football is a thing. And I'm like, well, yeah. And I, I played high school football. I, I wasn't great by any means. If you've ever seen me, you could tell I wasn't great, <laughs> but, <laughs> but, uh, you know, guys, and, and really Michael severe is the one that, that kind of told me, he's like, you really should do some football stuff. So I, I jumped in the football route and took off really ever since then, and right. just follow, trying to follow guys recruitment and, and do the best uh, that I can to cover as many people as I can. Um, and, and obviously the world Herald hired me, uh, they, they bought my business and hired me three and a half years ago, uh, and employed me full time. So I basically like made them hire me. Yeah, (laughs) Right. Right. You
0: were such a force that they had to, they had to go get you. Like, I just think it's a cool, it's a cool story to just kind of like just attack it. Cause it's weird. Like, so did you have any writing background,
1: uh high school journalism gotcha okay right right
0: right yeah
1: and that and really like the it started out just okay i'm gonna be this twitter account i'm gonna just tweet out a bunch of stuff and then it turned into a really crappy website like the worst (laughs) kind of website, like where it's just all words and no pictures right Yeah, yeah 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 And the words don't even make sense because yeah. I didn't know I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Oh I have man. no idea. And then it turned from there, it just kept it kept evolving and uh, into you know different things, I guess. It, then I like I bought a really cheap camera and I didn't know how to use it. So I kind of learned how to use it. Uh, all the while I I just the more writing I did, more writing I did, more writing I did, I got better. Sure. Right. Just with practice and I, I still am not, you know, I'm not going to write a book or anything today, but, <laughs> but, but I'm I've, I've gotten a lot better at it, and and in particular, you know, at the World Herald, those that we have so many great like guys that are writers and help have helped me out a ton just with ideas and our editors and people that don't get a lot of love or attention that aren't the faces, right? Yeah. And a guy, and a guy like I will say, a guy like Dirk has has uh, really helped me out a lot just with advice on how to take some heat from people sure. and because uh, he takes some heat and and really just writing stuff too. He, he's, he's been big and uh, Sam McEwen has too. So those guys have really
0: helped out a lot. Yeah. You know, for me, Mike, you know, cause I've had people like, Hey, you, you know, it's like you, you try to be in today's media world. You got to be like, uh you, you got to be versatile hey you should try mm-hmm. this you should try that and whenever someone's been like hey nick you should try to write i'm like i'd just rather tell you just like put a camera <laughs> in front of me and i'll tell you what i think you know like i'd rather just right. verbalize it than write it it's not as easy as you think to to kind of translate what's going on in your mind into a, a column i you know i right. i've i'm going to continue to support you but if you ever do a, a top 10 high school basketball coaches list and my older brother Alex Law isn't number one. I'm done with you. I'm gonna delete this podcast. I'm do- I'm deleting your number. I'm done with you. So just just know that, okay?
1: Hey, he's he's uh, he's one of my favorite guys. I mean, there's no question. He is he's a favorite of mine. I will I will probably never publish a top ten list.
0: <laughs> Could you podcast. imagine that'd be <laughs> no. be a little shaky
1: shaky decision? That would be, that would be like career suicide. Oh, I would just just oh man, man. can you imagine the pe- the Oh, no, I parents can't going parents just mfing and yes. all that stuff. I, oh, man, it would be it would be terrible. Oh, that's not uh, good.
0: That would not be smart. No, for you.
1: It's, it's not good. But I will say,
0: like, as far as best dressed, he he's number one. <laughs> he is. Hey, I'll give him yeah. that. Like when I go to high school <laughs> basketball games, I have never seen when I look at, at my brother on the sidelines and then whoever the other coach is like. My brother is killing the other coach <laughs> in his, in just his slacks, his tie, his shirt. Like he is, I will give him that. Like not only the, does Alex win games, but his, his gear is on point. He, his sock game is strong. <laughs> his too. Sock, it's, everything. it's the details. He's a, yeah, right. good Coaches are detailed even down to the socks. He, He's got it down, man.
1: You know what he needs to do? And this is something I started doing. Cause well, you know, like I'm bald. Right. But, so I need something to kind of, you know, break up the, face and i can't see worth a crap so <laughs> i i've started just you know like switching glasses out like wow. different frame yeah different frames for different frames for different outfits and stuff or whatever yeah yeah um that that's what he needs he he should think about that, that i'm gonna i'm gonna it. suggest that to him yeah because
0: yeah. he's got one he's just got the one pair of glasses he's got to step it up he could get versatile he could start coordinating the glasses with like the socks and the tie and all that stuff like right you know he's right that's, they're they're they're
1: cheap enough online right I now. I mean, I got, I got four pairs of glasses, different colors and everything. I just rotate.
0: Okay, I'm going to throw that at him. When, when we're That's- done talking to him, I'm going to call him, and I'm going to say, Sauter <laughs> and I, we got we got great advice for you. And he'd be like, what do you got? Is it like how to defend ball screens? We're like, no, <laughs> yeah. no, 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 Your glasses. You're, you're the frames in your glasses. That's what, it's, what needs to happen here. I, Like, Mike, I so I, I, I'm writing okay. down questions for you. And there's an element of, like, I'm nervous to even put out any podcasts right now because stories can change in five minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, we might be, by right. the time we're done recording this, there might be a million different things that have have changed because this thing kind of moves quick. I guess, Ted, you've had a, obviously, the, the you know, I wanted to, the second the news hit that OPS is, you know, they're going to remote learning for the first quarter. They're going to, they're canceling fall sports, which, of course, the big thing is football. You've had a weekend to digest it. Do you think... Do you think players and coaches and parents were all caught off guard, or were were there? I know there's always rumors, but do you feel like everyone was was really caught off guard by this decision last Thursday night, Friday morning?
1: I think if it wasn't Thursday, just the the timing of it, right? Like all the coaches and players have been told, yep, yeah, August 10th, get ready to practice, August 10th, like it's going to happen. You know, we're, as normal, get prepared. Players had checked out equipment like their helmets and shoulder pads and all that stuff it, like last week. So I, I think if it, if it would have happened like a week before or maybe Monday or Tuesday, it would have been a little bit lesser of a blow. It sure. was still stunk for a lot of people, but I think they were caught off guard because of the timing of the decision. It just felt like it was very last minute. And then you wait until, you know, Friday afternoon at two o'clock, which you know, practice is supposed to start Monday, right, right to officially announce it. I mean, everyone kind of knew after that Zoom call that it was like, whoa, yeah. um, that that it, it wasn't going to happen. But um, I, I just feel like they were they were caught off guard. I, you know, it, it stinks. It's, it's terrible for kids. And, and really, I just look at it from a recruitment standpoint for some of these guys that, that need it. Even small – I'm not talking about the big-time guys. Like small school NAI guy. Or division two or whatever they need. I mean, they need film, right? Yeah. And really, there's no film for them. So, um, hopefully, I mean, I'm just going to go to as many football practices and things that I can until they say we can't do it anymore. And that's my mindset right now.
0: Yeah. What are you what are What are you hearing in terms of other school districts potentially following suit? Because that's something we've seen mm. even at the collegiate level with with college football, where when one conference goes. People always talk about, oh, now there's pressure on this conference or or, mm-hmm. or whatever. Do you like do you get the sense that now Millard or these different or Bellevue are starting to feel mm-hmm. pressure? Because there's no doubt that the optics of it kind of are a little head scratching. And not to mention that, oh, by the way, you know, you, you got these guys that gotta fill their schedules now. Like if you played mm-hmm. you know, you played two to three metro team or you know, OPS teams, you're you're scrambling a little bit right now. Do you feel like there's a mm-hmm. chance that other districts are following suit?
1: I think it will eventually. Um, I, I think a, a millard or uh, really, it's, it's it's all based on county, right? So we know, like, what we've learned, all these different county health departments. Well, Douglas County obviously has more cases and mm-hmm. all of that. So I I do feel like it's likely, uh, unless the case numbers flip, I do feel like it's likely that basically all of Douglas County is going to end up not having false words or at least suspending it for now that that's the thing is like what happens if two weeks go by or three weeks or a month or something and the numbers look way better and you feel more comfortable right yeah so so cancel basically canceling it for nine weeks it, it i think that was a little aggressive in my opinion um but i I do think that the Douglas counties like your Millards and all of that will um, will probably eventually end up having to suspend practice maybe for a week or two or ten days or something. Now, uh, the opposite of that is Bellevue, and this is what makes it so interesting. Everyone thinks that you know it's the Metro and the conference and all that. No, it's not. Not for football. Because um, Bellevue West, Bellevue East, Papillion – uh Papillion South, Gretna, Platteview, all of them are in a different uh county health department. So those guys are playing. Okay. And and frankly, like Gretna starts school and they're going hundred percent capacity in the school, like every kid in the school. Right. Which which in my opinion feels a little yeah, eh, it
0: seems a little crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. But they're they're all playing because they're a different health department, right? right? Um and one of the things attached to the Sarpy health department is Cass County. So like Plattsmouth, Conestoga, those guys there, it's the Sarpy, Sarpy slash Cass health department. So if let's say there's something popping in Bellevue, well, then that affects even like, you know, Plattsmouth and Conestoga and those guys like right South of there. So I I think eventually like, you know, there's going to be bumps and there's going to be kids held out and all that. But Um, I think that the schools that are, are in, in the Metro, as far as class A schools right now, they're planning on playing and starting and just seeing how it goes. you know, the one thing West side is probably going to start the year as the number one team in the state. Um, they have, uh, four or five division one guys, uh, that are committed or have offers, which no one else does. I mean, they're, they're going to be the number, they have the best quarterback, uh, coming back and. Uh, Avante Dickerson's a mm-hmm. guy right going to Minnesota. So, um I, Westside's interesting because they're basically in the middle of OPS's district and and Westside and Prep, right, two really top 10 teams. So how do they go about it without, you know, um but they have less students to worry about too, so that 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 matters. Do you, what
0: do you get that I guess there's no way to answer this question. We talk about, you know, different Element. So, I mean, do you think college football's cancellation, like, let's say, I mean, by the time we, there's been rumors that, you know, Tuesday, mm-hmm. that there's going to be, would, <laughs> would college football's cancellation have any impact on high school football and whether it goes? I don't think so. Okay.
1: Um, I, I, not Nebraska-ness. I mean, the NSA has made their decision, and really the people that I talk to there say, the only way we're not going is if the governor says we can't.
0: Gotcha. So, okay.
1: um, and, and – you know, I mean, really, I look at it like this. Like, people are mad at the NSA for for, for saying we're going to have a season and we're going to figure it out and there'll be no contest games if teams have to cancel and all that. But the, what the NSA needs to worry about is the kid in Hitchcock County in or Garden County in, like, Oshkosh, Nebraska, yeah. just just as much as they worry about the kid in Omaha, Nebraska. So they need to make the same ruling for both sets of kids. Well, like Garden County has had I think zero cases of positive tests. So you're going yeah, to tell, that yeah, tell that yeah, you're going to tell that 8 man football team that they can't play. So um that's just, you know, I mean I I, I fully understand why they're going forward with it and frankly like I'm not going to say I support it but I'll be there if the doors are sure, open. Sure,
0: there you go. <laughs> what 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 is the vibe? Because obviously you have the, you have the pulse of players, coaches, parents. Like you 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 have your finger on the pulse of all of them. Like, what's the vibe you you are getting from them, or we're getting from them in terms of fear of COVID, fear of of how this go? Were, was were they just ready to go? Was there some trepidation? Like, how would you kind of characterize? And I know you're you're probably going to paint with a broad brush, which is always you know, dangerous to do, but like were was everybody feeling good about playing?
1: Uh yeah. I would say there's about ninety five percent of people were like, let's go. Yeah. We're going. Like we're we wanna play, we're here, we'll do what it takes. You know, I mean I went to Papillion La Vista's midnight practice and there were parents there and kids were excited and jumped around like normal mm-hmm. now what what wasn't normal is they did do and i like this idea and i'm sure they'll kind of think of more but for practice purposes they did you know athletic tape on the face mask to try and yeah, kind of okay. block stuff I, I like that idea or if kids wanted to they could do that and wear a mask under their helmet or like the neck gator thing that comes up over your nose mm-hmm. that thing is you know that that could be an option. I mean, people get creative and think of ways <laughs> to, to do it. It's just going to be how do you keep the kids kind of socially distant, if you will, while it, you know waiting for practice or um, or or standing around like watching instruction and stuff like that. That was kind of the the biggest thing. But I, all in all, I I felt like they did a really good job of. Of uh, adhering to the protocols that needed to be adhered to 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 make it happen.
0: Do what, what? I mean, one of the big things that instantly was the thought for some people once the cancellation for OPS went into, into effect was transfer options for for mm-hmm. different players. Like, what are what are you hearing on how aggressive certain parents and players are to want to transfer, and what are realistic options for these kids?
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I, there's a handful of guys that I've heard are are trying to explore going to maybe Lewis central, uh, in council bluffs or, yep. so I'm like, I have, I have a cousin that lives over there. Maybe I can go live there with him for a year and then come back to, uh, the, the school in Omaha, uh, for my senior year or something like that. You know, like one year alone, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> kinda like, kind of like uh, European soccer does. I don't know what that's called, but whatever that is yeah. over there. Um, but it, they, the, transferring in Omaha or in the Metro or in Nebraska, if you're an OPS kid, it's virtually impossible. It's not impossible, but it's really hard, especially with this late of a, of a time on that decision. Um, May 1st is the transfer deadline. So if kids haven't, they can declare, they want to like transfer, not declare, but uh, send in the paperwork that they want to transfer to whatever school, but they have to do it before, May 1st. If they don't, they have to sit out 90 days, um, which is basically the entire football season or until the first of the year. Um, So if a kid wanted to do that right now, they, they would have to to sit out 90 days, which doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. 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 (laughs) So, uh, but a way you can do it and, and the rule of state, you have to change your domicile. So you have to have a, a, a specific change of address. So if you own a home, you have to sell that home and buy another home in, let's say, if I want to go play in Bellevue or Papillion or something, I would have to buy a house. Now, if I rent an apartment, if I rent an apartment and I'm in OPS and I want to go to Prep or West Side or something like that or whatever school, mm-hmm. but it's playing doesn't, doesn't matter. Brown I don't tell I, who cares. So you can, you can literally move across the hallway in an apartment complex or up a flight or down a flight of stairs. And that's a change of domicile. And you could, you're free to, to transfer. Wow. So that's, that's weird. Yeah. Now the the other piece is, well, there's a lot of talk of, well, I'll just get an apartment for a month to month lease or rent for the football season, basically, uh, a really cheap apartment in Bellevue or Gretna or Papillion or something. Well, the only way you can really do that because you can't have two addresses. Um, the only way you can do that is your if your mayor, if your parents are married, you would have to have they would have to legally separate.
2: <laughs> oh my and, god!
1: And that and that would mean you have two separate addresses. Now, if you think about like a legal separation couple hundred bucks maybe in in legal fees for a lawyer and then really if they want to get married again after a year or two or what you know technically get married again after a year or two or whatever it's you know a marriage license is what 50 bucks right so it's we're not talking but i mean that that's an extreme that seems pretty extreme right yeah
0: yeah but listen i mean it's extreme but i wouldn't be astonished to hear about it you know, I mean, it's extreme, but I mean, you know how these parents are and you know how important high school sports are to, to not only the kid, but the parents that are that are, you know, heavily in, in invested and involved. Like, I don't know. I, I know it seems crazy, but newsflash, some high school parents are crazy. OK, like yeah. they'll, they'll do what they got to do, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I just man, I, I don't know if I would. <laughs> I don't I have two daughters, and you know, hopefully, I'd never have to think about this stuff when they get older. <laughs> right, but but I I just there's I don't think there would be any way I would do that. No. Now, if they're you know really 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 good, um, uh, maybe like <laughs> maybe I maybe I would try and do whatever it takes. Um, I just it also you know this situation you got to remember, like we're in the middle of a pandemic, like people are getting sick. Um, so like, how important is that? It's, it's a tough kind of thing to weigh. I, I just, I mean, there are parents that are going to do it though. I, I have a feeling that's going to happen.
0: Yeah. I, You know, you wrote a great column about a week or so ago before all this went down that I do think is something that has kind of gotten lost in the conversation. And that is kind of the impact that High school sports has on kids positively, you know, where you, where some of these kids, uh, you know, their football is the guiding carrot for them to stay on uh, the right path, to make good decisions, to continue to, to to take care of your schoolwork, and oftentimes these coaches, Mike, you you like they become enormous authoritative figures in their life guiding them. Like, I, I guess what I'm saying, like, I think it's easy for people to poo-poo football like, oh, you don't get to watch, you know, you don't get to watch Central play Benson on Friday nights, cry me a river. It's like, well, it's way more than that. And I think that's something that unfortunately kind of gets lost in the conversation that I'm sure you have thousands of anecdotes of kids that if you were to remove football or basketball from them, they'd have been in a world of hurt.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, there's, that's my biggest fear right now. Right. And I think that's the biggest fear of coaches is like, what are we going to do with these kids without that structure? Right. Every day of going to practices and, and just school. Right. Like, how are they going to eat? You know, like yeah. st- there's stuff like that, but that's what a lot of people I think weren't realizing when we were talking about all this stuff until the end. Right. So um, I, I just, until it got to later when people are like, Oh yeah, well, you know, how is this kid going to like survive? <laughs> so uh, those things matter. Yes. And, and, and one, one coach I talked to an OPS football coach, and it's not, you know, one of the better teams, he told me, he's like, we need, we need, and that coach was Chris fan at Omaha Northwest he doesn't care if I say it. So okay. um, he he what he said is we need like these these kids like we're a father figure for a lot of these kids. They have no stable male in their life for a lot of these kids. Right. Yeah. And and we're all they got. And now they're not even going to be able to see them. Right. <laughs> so or or help them out or or even the discipline part. Right. No so doubt. those are the things that that matter more i mean there's there's so many there's so many stories you could tell of kids that without sports they turned into this yeah. or with, with with sports they did this which was a great thing um or because of sports they changed their life or their family's life or future all of that um those, some of those have been documented, but man, you could really document like one a day probably for the next ten years.
0: No question. You know, and so yeah, my it's weird with I and you know, you don't want to like rank who you feel worst for, you know, because it's not a contest, but like I just I, I've I've tried to continue to focus on the kids. And like, you know, there's you know, you have an Avante Dickerson who, you know, like listen, he's made his college decision, like he's kind of set. Yeah. To, for for lack of a term, and then you have then you have the players who need to have a good year to get to get a scholarship opportunity, and then there's a then the the largest pool of kids are this is the last time they're ever going to play football in their entire mm. lives, and like mm. I feel for for those guys, I just I bet if you talk to a lot of. The guys, whether it's you brought up a coy, or I know even for me, or I talk to Barrett Root all the time, like you know, Barrett Root's a guy that's played at Nebraska. He's played in the NFL. I've played in the NCAA tournament. I played at Kansas. I played at Creighton, and I'm not so sure that when I when I lay my head on my pillow at night, that I don't my my fondest sports memories aren't when I was hooking it up and playing for Lincoln Southeast. And so mm-hmm. it's just sad, man. Like I just have found myself just feeling sad for for all these kids. Cause this means so much. Not only is it the, important for all the reasons we just laid out with it being structure and discipline and all that stuff, but it just, it means so much to, you know, someone's to, to someone's life. And it's, it just sucks, man. Yeah. I mean,
1: I, I still talk to guys that
0: like, when I was a sophomore
1: in high school, I lived in Sutherland, Nebraska, okay, way out by way out by North Platte. And I was one of, and I was the new kid, right? Like, people don't move into that town, right, especially was in say. high school. So, uh, and I was one of four, or I can't remember, four or five uh, boys in the class of 24 kids, right? Okay. And these other guys have grown up together, you know, best friends and all that. So uh, that there was a group of seniors. Uh, Tom Beveridge, who I don't know if you remember, he played at yep. Nebraska, yes. wide receiver, walk-on yep. wide receiver from out there, um, and Brandon LaValle was, uh, or Jason Brandon and Jason LaValle, that that those guys were quarterbacks at Nebraska Wesleyan. Uh, Brandon's the uh, superintendent at Wahoo Public Schools right now. Okay, and every time I see him, if I go to Wahoo or something, every time I see him, like it's just we talk about like you know, man, you remember that one year I lived in Sutherland, I was this little (laughs) 110 pound guy, you know, like just, just the relationship is built. Right. And we won football games and all that. But for me, it was more about, I mean, Tom (laughs) beverage, I'll I'll never forget this. So there was uh, the first weekend I'm there. I had, I know nothing about ranching and uh, nothing. Right. Like I haven't been around a cow in my life (laughs) and, and the first weekend, a guy named Cody Rising, uh, he was a senior, and he was really good friends with, with Tom Beverage. And uh, Cody, he he says, do you want to go roping? And I'm like, <laughs> all right, like, <laughs> let's do this. Yeah. Well, you got go to go to Shad McCoy, like this guy's ranch. We're going to go there Sunday afternoon. And I'm like, cool. Like, that's cool. And uh, they didn't tell me what to wear because – you know, they just figured I'd throw on some jeans and some boots or something, <laughs> and and I'm wearing. I mean, I am wearing. This is we're talking like you know late '90s. Yeah. And I I am wearing uh, you know the like windbreaker break pants yep. that everyone had. Yep. So I had my nicest Nike windbreaker pants. I had the best uh like sweatshirt that I had because oh, I'm like, no. well maybe I'm gonna need a sweatshirt, right? Best like pullover sweatshirt and my best Nikes. Oh, and I'm and I walk out there, I walk out there, yeah. And they were white. Um word white is key. Yes. So I, I walk out there and uh I drive out, I find it, uh, and it is, you know, a ranch in the middle of the sand hills. And uh they're like, hey, we're gonna have you run the chute. Now I don't know if you know what run the shoot nope. means. Nope. But that means getting the calves into the chute thing and then opening the chute and they run out well like you know the calves don't they don't want to go in that shoot. no right? they don't because they know it's coming so you got to take like a stick or something and jab them in the side a little bit or push them or knee them or whatever and you know cows poop a lot oh no so i, I mean i was there for probably eight a good 45 minutes and i was out.
0: just done just just yeah. everything ruined nike's yeah, was, everything done yeah
1: every, everything was just like and, and my my mind i'm like wait i gotta poke this calf with a stick no I'm like what what are these people doing and i watch them do it and stuff i mean they made fun of me so bad i bet it was, they did it was crazy i mean they set me up right like Most there's course. no way they did but anyway back to it like that's the relationships that like, and Tom beverage, he still lives out there and, and ranches and all that. And he has young girls that, that play sports and all that. And I see him every now and again, or he'll DM me or something and we'll talk about random things. And like, you know, without, without sports and even just the small town experience stuff without that, like I would, I I wouldn't have those, that relationship with those guys. Yeah. So that's another piece of it that that kind of hurts.
0: Hey guys, quick break to talk to you guys about Pella windows and doors, and uh, I, I want to make sure that you guys understand that Pella Windows of Omaha and Lincoln they are following CDC guidelines uh, during this coronavirus situation. They can safely serve any of your window and door needs in the showroom or in your home. All the employees at Pella and the customers are completing a COVID-19 questionnaire as provided by the CDC prior to entering the showroom, entering the office, and uh, any uh, potential customer's home. And all the employees are required to self-quarantine for a recommended 14 days if uh, that individual comes into contact with someone who's tested positive, if they traveled anywhere outside of the Omaha-Lincoln area. Bottom line, they are taking all the necessary precautions to make sure that they are safe and you are safe so you can safely move forward with your window and door needs and uh, on top of all that i result as a result of all this stuff with the uh, coronavirus uh pella is offering temporary special financing options they are now available so man now is the time to take advantage of these special rates and uh, put that value back into your home and you have that peace of mind knowing that all the necessary safety uh, protocol and precautions have been uh, put into place by Pella so you know the whole time you can feel safe. Give Pella a call, four zero two four nine three-one three five zero or check them out online at Pellaomaha.com. That's PellaOmaha.com. There's no doubt. I mean, the more the it's just the more you peel it back, you know, it's just it's it's just an awful situation. And you know, it's, how did you feel, because one of the things that's been so odd over the course of the last, gosh, month and a half-ish, maybe a little longer than that, it's been kind of weird to see all these, you know, whether it's cancellations or forecasting of of fear and doom and gloom with the prospects of sports and all that stuff, and then I see, like, and then I'll get on Twitter and, like, AAU events are going on, and I'm watching <laughs> Tucker DeVries have 27 points in a video, and, like, it's just a weird juxtaposition and I'm not necessarily asking you like who's right and who's wrong, but it, it's it's just a weird thing when you read like a, you'll read this huge column of just like there's no way this sport this sport this sport's going to happen, but then it's like on some level it is happening. It's just a weird that because I know that was certainly a point of uh, the, a a hot button issue with the with with something that was said last week about how, you know, kind of insinuating that summer athletics kind of screwed things up a little bit, you know, in that mm-hmm. Omaha Metro area, but it's just been a weird, there's been kind of a weird juxtaposition with those two things going on.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I, I mean, it is weird and it's really, odd. um, uh, you know, the first time I walked into a gym, I think I don't even remember what day back in June, um, And I was like, man, this feels great. Like I'm going walking in, go watch some kids play some ball. Like, this is awesome. Like, I feel great about this. And then you start thinking about it, like, wait a second. There's all these people in here and like, no one's wearing a mask. (laughs) Like, like no one's wearing a mask or like, what is going on? And then, and then, you know, now just this past weekend, I would say 95% of the people wearing a mask. There were, it was virtually impossible to socially distance, sure. but, but 95% of people were, were wearing a mask. I think people have, have flipped and changed, but in, in my mind, I mean, it's, it is really hard. Like you, you, you think about it, but you don't want to think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the kids are going to play like they want to play and the parents are going to let them play and it's their choice and all that, um, which I'm fine with. And I guess I, from my standpoint, I look at it like I got a job to do. Like, so I I need to, I need to go, I need to go do my job. So uh, if they're playing, I guess I got to be there. Right. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't, you know, if, if they do end up totally, and California has kind of already happened in some of the other states. I mean, if they do end up around here in Nebraska, if they end up canceling every, let's say everyone cancels fall sports. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, people are still going to play club sports. It's going to happen. Like volleyball is going to, gonna play uh uh basketball is probably gonna play if if this stuff happens I mean they're just gonna keep playing until someone tells them no
0: uh, Mike I, that you took you must be it's uh, so the next question I was gonna ask because something that I've forecasted I even think before a pandemic is like club sports has and you know AAU basketball as like it's continued to like it's 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 rising it's rising it's rising to the point where I think for some athletes Some athletes would say, yeah, my how I view my OSA Crusaders season more important than my high school season, which for guys like me and you growing up, Mike, that was like crazy. (laughs) Right. I mean, it was like, are you (laughs) kidding me? Like and but that's where it's at. Like one of the things that if if I had to, you know, look into my crystal ball and, and get a little concerned about and I like I say this half serious, half not is like could we see the beginning of not the end of high school sports? Cause I still think football's the hardest thing to do for a club mm-hmm. sport, but mm-hmm. you, like you said, people are going to play, you know, like if they cancel high school basketball, even like you better believe there's going to be some games that are going on unless mm-hmm. they get completely shut down. How do you see that path of, of things? Cause as you pointed out, like they're going to continue to play cause they were playing all summer.
1: Yeah. I, it, it, it if, that is true though, right? Like what you said about the recruitment piece, it matters way more what you do in the summer and stuff. As far as recruitment's concerned, yeah. than, than what you do in the winter for basketball it, it way more right now. Now a good college coach or good recruiter will make sure they are involving everyone in the conversation, the AAU coach and the high school coach, and hopefully they have a good relationship. Right. So, um, that, But it, it does matter way more, and they're, they're going to keep playing, like, and it is totally going to affect – it won't kill high school sports, but it'll put a huge dent in it. I mean, mm-hmm. you've looked at – even a couple – was it last year or two years ago, uh, there's club soccer, like girls soccer uh, that played in the spring, and there were girls that were opting to play on that team rather than their high school teams. Because in Nebraska, we're one of the few states in the country that has high school soccer in the spring. It's normally a fall sport. Yep. So that, that affected some high school teams because some of their better players decided not to go out and they, they played a club. So it could happen. I, ho- I mean, obviously I'm hoping we don't get to that point. Sure. Um, but it, 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 I could see foreshadow it happening. I mean, like I brought up California. I mean, just look there. Like, what, if, what is going to happen in California this fall, winter, um, is, is a, a very good measuring stick to see what the rest of the country is likely going to do or could turn into. Because I know people out there, and they said, these club teams, like, they're doing, like, huddle film and stuff. Yeah, I'm i mean telling you. It which is... is-
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, because you're right. I mean, I, the crazy. I, I know. I did. Like, you, th- I, there's no doubt. Like, when, when, right now, when, uh, when, let's say, a Wisconsin is recruiting a kid, they're gonna. they It's almost more important to get in with the AAU coach than it is the high school coach, and right, that, yeah, you know, right, and and that's right. a window into kind of where things are potentially trending. Is it? What's the biggest obstacle for club football? Ooh. Um because that's something i've always kind of wondered about like somehow somehow football's the one sport now there's been seven on seven stuff and all that Mm -hmm. stuff but like football is the one sport that has not really seen club sports like sink its teeth into
1: i think it's part of it is financially like the equipment itself is not cheap and to maintain it and keep it up and stuff like that i i think that's that's part of it and two, like where are all the facilities at, right? Yeah. They're at high, true. high that's like true. No one you know, no one's no one's building a turf stadium <laughs> for yeah. you know, like that's stuff that's way more expensive than building gyms, right? Or big tin building with, you know, basketball courts or volleyball courts inside of it. Um I I feel like it just costs a little bit more. Um I I think those are the two reasons why football hasn't hasn't done it. That's that's probably my best guess. I guess I haven't really Thought about it much or dug into it much. Now, I will say this: there is some momentum right now, um, and I might know someone or not that uh, to to get a, a seven on seven lead going this fall for you know wouldn't surprise kids, me. Kid, I, kids in Omaha, yep. I, there there might be a guy you're talking to on the f- right now that that has uh, thought of some ideas. I'll I, tell you I,
0: I I trust <laughs> me. I I mean it was it was one of the. Fr- three or four initial thoughts that came to my mind. One of them was, was that, you know, like the, 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 the rise of club sports or the spawning of something new football wise to, to take its place. Like, I mean, it just, it's just kind of how things work when, when sports is are so important to a community, Mm -hmm. to players, to people. Like, so I I wouldn't surprise me. Kids aren't
1: just going to sit around the house
0: and do nothing.
1: No, that's not happening. So, so so they're going to do something and and that's you know kind of kind of the problem or i guess the double-edged sword if you will is like they're gonna find something to do whether it's whether it's on the streets or in a gym or on a field or something like they're gonna keep they're gonna keep themselves preoccupied somehow uh they're high school kids that's what they do
0: no doubt i a couple things i want to get to a a few other things but i i've I've heard people talk about, oh, get ready for litigation and suing. I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. Mike, help me out. Like, who, who would be <laughs> suing who and under what grounds? Like, I'm, I'm, I help yeah. me out. I think that
1: that's, I, I think that's a little far fetched. Okay. Now, um, you, you could, if you get a good enough, I mean, the NSAA has lawyers, right? Yeah. Like, plural, that have gone through their bylaws and everything. I mean, they're, it's almost bulletproof. And, in order to sue the NSA for transfer stuff, it, one it'd take a lot of money, and two, it'd likely be a waste of time. And three, like the only way you could really get it is like someone or let's say a group of like if you got 25, 50 parents together, or groups of parents or you know or kids or whatever to file the suit and ask for an injunction, and then that would take you know a couple months, and then maybe a kid could transfer to play football somewhere but like i mean at the end of the day it feels like a lot of work so, <laughs> yeah, <a ton. laughs> like, like it, it feels like it's a little too much and really like as far as the, the i'm just getting off topic here back to the transfer thing like some of the coaches i talk to are like are, say you know like what am i gonna tell the kid that's been in my program for three years and they're going to be a senior and let's say they're going to be the offensive lineman. Right. So starting left tackle, just per se. Mm-hmm. Um, what do I tell that kid that I've said, you know, keep working hard, buddy. You're, we're going to get there, all these things. And and I preach about development and my program develops and all that. Like, what do I tell that kid that, it, you know, like worked his butt off that, Oh, Hey, you know, Hey, Mr. Like, uh big time left tackle from this other school yeah sure come on down right like yeah, it's hard how do you yeah
0: I, How do you do I, that I, I i can the only the example i can give was because it's so in going into my senior year andy burkle who was mm-hmm. you know i mean he was uh i mean an incredible athlete ended up going he mm-hmm. was uh, on scholarship wide receiver to go to nebraska and was the fastest yep. guy in the state i mean he won like the 100 200 400 i mean the guy was a, a freak mm-hmm. but he was he he was had been at Lincoln East and he transferred to Lincoln Southeast for his senior year. And even that, of course we were like, man, we just picked up like the best wide receiver in the state. But like <laughs> it was, there was like, I remember like when he walked onto the field, that first practice, it was a little awkward, you know, like of, mm-hmm. of just cause like you said, I mean, there's this thing where you've, you've had guys go through the grind and all of a sudden, you know, I think it helps when a guy's so cut, Uh, cut and dry better Mm -hmm. you know like Mm -hmm. i think where you Mm -hmm. could get it it could be really hard when it's like close that's where Mm -hmm. it could be real hard we're like i don't know i i don't know who's maybe better but but you're right i mean there there are a bunch of different things it's not necessarily just a no-brainer to like open your door and welcome in anybody that wants to transfer because you know you're trying to a part of establishing a culture and a program is to like uh, you know, have examples of guys that have kind of done things the right way, done what you asked them to do, and then they get rewarded with playing. And I don't know, that's that's another thing to be interesting to see what, yeah. what all plays out.
1: Key, key word there, you, you said it, is culture. Yeah. Like, and when he walked on the field, you were with the guys that you've been playing with forever, your buddies, and you're like, man, this dude, right? Like, right. that's your initial reaction. So that's that that could shake up some culture stuff now, like big time so that people got to be really careful with that.
0: Totally. A um, couple things and I'll let you run because uh, I'm sure there are people that are interested. I'm not sure how nitty gritty into the recruiting world you've been for. Like, how long have you like intimately been covering high school basketball and football recruiting?
1: Yeah. Um, well, basketball since uh, I started—that was why. So I that'd have really been with it. a coy, like
0: a decade ago. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah like, okay. T-
1: like oh, well, oh, nine, 10, 11, right in there.
0: Yeah. So how? Give me because I think it's always interesting. Give me. Uh, we'll we'll start. I want to start football. Difference in the, in Frost staff and how they go about recruiting the state compared to. Staffs of the past, whether it's sure. Mike Riley or whoever, what because one of the biggest things that Frost said right when he took over was like, We're going to shut down the, you know, we're going to keep, right. you, you know, the good talent in this state and they're going to make it a, a a big emphasis. What have you noticed a difference?
1: Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you, you're still, you miss some guys, right? Sure. Like, you're never going to go 100%. You're, right. you're never going to. But if you go 85%, which they've been about that number that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Like that's, that's really good. Actually not pretty good and targeting walk-ons on per, you know, like they're not just taking whatever guy that wants that played high school football that wants to come walk on. Right. They're tar, they're targeting guys to be walk-ons. Um, and a lot of those guys division two guy, like guys that have division two offers. I mean, they'll take an FCS guy for sure. Um, you know, a kid that maybe has a, a partial or whatever to South to to Dakota State, they'll 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 try and get that guy to walk on. Why wouldn't you? Right. So uh but their walk on classes have been really strong. I mean, you gotta look like Trent Hicks and he walked on, he started last year. Mm-hmm. So uh um, that's that's pretty good. Now, can you should you be doing that a lot? Probably not. <laughs> but, right. yeah. but but they've done a good job and and uh Barrett's done a really good job. Like he's yep he's like a silent assassin you know like he he don't say much right and then but like then you talk to a bunch of people you're like yeah man he calls me every day or calls once a week or make sure i'm calling once a week or make sure we're having a conversation like that's what kids are saying and but they don't let it be known but like he's you know he's a cerebral in his uh, recruiting that's that's probably the best way to say it he's He's done a nice job. I'll say that Uh, particularly building relationships in the Metro. I don't think, I don't think, I think a lot of talk, right. What happened with Riley and obviously Callahan and those guys about like, we're going to do a better job. Well, like, you know, I think you probably had the wrong guy recruiting this area. And when people told you that you had the wrong guy recruiting certain players and stuff, you didn't adjust. Well, that's what they're doing now yeah. like if Barrett is a guy and then they'll bring in Beckton if it's for tight ends you know like mm-hmm. uh I just look at the two Bellevue West tight ends in the 2022 class like Barrett and Becton are kind of tag team in that I I do throw in uh Lewis Central into kind of the Metro but um and Thomas Fedoni same thing like they've done a really nice job of that um and Frost dips in and every once in a while and recruiting it too and um i i think they've done a really really nice job and then you have other guys like kenny willhite yep. been there forever and, and done a good job and he's basically in charge of the walk-on program so or getting the walk-ons so he's you know done a nice job at that too and and their focus on the the walk-on class has been good um you know obviously i'm sure they like to get a handful of different guys but they'll take what they can get kind of and develop them and some guys some of those guys have developed really nicely um you're just you're never gonna hit you're never gonna bat you know a thousand right right you're just you're just not um but losing a guy like xavier watts i think is a big sort of blow i, I think the world of that guy just as a human uh and a football player is going to notre dame yep. but xavier bets somehow they got that done Oh, <laughs> i'm not talking i'm not talking from securing the commitment i'm talking about getting him in school yeah no i uh, no, trust me i know yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and, and and how they got that i mean he's gonna be big time if he can ma- no you doubt. know make it make it right mm-hmm. and if he can adjust to college life he'll be big time so they they've done a really nice job and like i said barrett has been he's you know i see him the games and stuff on friday nights when he can i'll be Popping in there and I'll try and like joke with him and stuff and he just kind of like, yeah, like <laughs> he's like he's like uh, leave me
0: alone man I <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's not, you know, because he's not, you know, you, when you think of, if I would just say good recruiter, like the image you conjure up in your mind is a guy that could just, I mean, s- yeah. the most talkative, Smooth, gregarious, yeah, animated dude. Yeah. Like, that's not Barrett, but Barrett, yeah. what Barrett is, is Barrett, is Barrett is super authentic, super genuine. And I think right. that's as important when it gets right down to, like, okay, so some guy's super easy to talk to. Do you want to go play for that guy or do you want to play for the guy that you know? is, like, he's keeping it real with you. He is genuine. He's sincere. And I think those are the things that Barrett – like, Barrett doesn't try to pretend to go – to be something he's not.
1: Right. Like, and that's that's important because he's not going to be the, like, shaking hands, kissing babies no, type of guy. No, that's just not right? who he he's, is, you no, know? No. And, and he's fine. very honest. Yeah. He's very honest with kids as far as what they tell me. Um, he's, he's super honest. I think I did make him laugh one time. There you go. <laughs> uh, which was, I think, it was at, I think it was like Burke North game or something. He was there, recruited uh, Nick uh, Henrich and, and Chris Hickman. And I think I, him and Becton were there. And I would just like walk by with my <laughs> camera and like all his gear and stuff. And they're like, who the hell is this guy? Probably. And I, I did. I do think I made him laugh. There you because.
0: go. There you go. It it starts with a giggle. All great relationships start with a giggle. (laughs) So it's it's onward and upward with you and Barrett. (laughs) What what about basketball? Because I've always, I've been, and obviously because I've been intimately involved with it as a player and and all that stuff. What about in-state recruiting for basketball, Nebraska versus Creighton? Because it's so interesting how really over the past two decades, you know, Creighton's kind of had the state on lock for any good kid that that pops up, you know, whether it's you go all the way back to me, to to Josh Deltzer, Antoine Young, Josh Jones, and then then on into obviously the big ones in Kyrie Thomas and Justin Patton. Like, there'd been a long, there's been some pretty long droughts with in-state kids committing to Nebraska basketball, whereas there's been kind of a, a, a lot of in-state kids committing to Creighton. And maybe that's kind of a part of it is like there's a, you know, I mean, there's no doubt about Dotsler going to Creighton makes Antoine Young feel better about it. And then mm-hmm. it makes Josh Jones feel better about it. And then that mm-hmm. works its way down. How do you see basketball recruiting? It's probably early with Hoyberg and his staff because they've only been mm-hmm. here for a year, but how do, how do you kind of see that?
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, first of all, like the 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 last – five years there was a little dip in 2016 there was only one division one guy that was tristan simpson that went to uh south dakota there was one guy in the whole state and it's like right yep uh but since then it's been average and and if you take that class and before that signing out of high school not going to juco like the average was about 3.2 from from like the first five years of the decade and now it's like seven eight Right like right in right in that ballpark um four five six seven eight like it's it's a, a lot higher. What will be very interesting is um, Hoiberg and how they recruit in the state they they basically told acola rope like, okay, we'll keep you, right? Okay. Like, well, you committed to Coach Miles. We don't want to do that to an State guy. We'll keep you. Hopefully, we can develop you, all this stuff. So we'll see, to be determined, right, on that one. Trey's um, just done a phenomenal job. They really like, have. They, they, they really have. I mean, and Justin and Kyrie being local guys and all these kids know them, and they still come back, and they have a big presence right now still to this day and everybody knows them and they both made it to the league now Creighton can be like look yeah we got these two guys are from omaha they stayed home they played here they made it to the league hey hunter salas this is what you want to do too right Mm -hmm. like you want to be this guy so um you know that we'll see what hunter ends up doing man i i you know he's got every pretty much every offer in the country that he wants i'm sure that if he called anybody and said, I want to come, they would take him. Sure. Um, so, you know, I mean, really, it's Kentucky and Duke right now that haven't offered, and basically everyone else has. Um, and we'll see. On um, There's some stuff working on that, I think. Um, but Creighton is in a very, very strong position for Hunter Salas right now.
0: I was good. Okay. Um, it, yeah, I want to add. Yeah, I mean, I feel like they – expand on that, because, I mean, you're talking about a guy like Hunter could be a McDonald's All-American,
1: Right, right. Has Creighton never had one of those? I don't, I, I don't think so. Benoit, Benoit Benjamin, or something. Maybe like uh, Wes Unseld. Uh, did they have? Nick
2: that, yeah, I know. they. I don't know. Anyway. Paul Silas was. You know. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Like we're talking. Um, but he's. I would say if he, if he had to put out a top ten or eight or six or whatever, and he had to do it today, Creighton would be in there. Okay. Like I, I think they're in there. I, I think there is a. A pool to kind of stay home a little bit. Sure. But then you have, you know, North Carolina, Kansas, Gonzaga, Iowa State. Like Iowa State's been the first school that recruited him two and a half years ago. Like they they've been in that. That thing. makes a
0: difference. You know, when you were yeah. the first one there, like when no one else was on you, like that that means something.
1: Yeah, they, they've been there hard. So and you know, Kansas is recruiting them really hard. Yep. Really, really hard. Um basically everyone is. <laughs> but yeah uh, Oregon coach Altman and McKenna, uh, are, are definitely recruiting him hard too. And, um, that's, you know, they're probably in the conversation as well. Uh, I think UCLA and Michael Lewis. So yeah, he was at, he was at Nebraska yep. and I was at UCLA. So he's using that connect. I mean, UCLA, isn't going to come recruit a dude from Nebraska. Very often. So <laughs> and, and neither is North Carolina. Nope. Right? So, um, actually Hunter's the the only one that anyone that I know can remember that has ever gotten
0: an offer from North Carolina. I can't remember. I can't remember any in-state kid getting, getting a UNC offer.
1: Right. So that's kind of big time. So for Creighton to be in that conversation, one, it just shows the level of the program they're at right now. Right. Like, like we're, I think people still think like, you know, Creighton, they're going to go to St. Louis and hopefully win the Valley (laughs) Tournament. You know, like, we're we're light years away from that right now. Yeah. Like, light years away.
0: Yeah. I mean, because I'm telling you, having the amount of times, because I was oftentimes the guy that would host players on their official visit to Creighton, and, like, the amount of times they would have, like, Creighton would check every box, but then they'd have one, like, big 12 offer and just the allure of playing in a big conference would be the trump card, and now that's changed. I mean, when you're when you're playing in a conference like the Big East, and you're on national TV for every game, like you said, like it, it, Creighton's now a big time basketball program. It, I mean, they just are.
1: Right. It's and people.
0: I think I'm not, I'm not sure enough people in the state
1: really realize that because they they still think Nebraska is like the big dog, right? Mm-hmm. As far as basketball is concerned. And do I think Fred and and those guys will get it done? I do eventually like they will, right? They'll, yes, they'll I agree. figure out some, they'll figure out some combination of grown men to come in there as transfers and stuff and win some games, right? Yes. Like that's going to happen. Um, It's just, I mean, do I think they're going to recruit a bunch of Nebraska guys or, you know, high schoolers? Probably not. Like, no. They, they have three offers out. It's the Hunter, Jason Green at Miller North, and Isaac Trout, who's blown up, by the way. Yeah, and that blowing kid's up. Like, like, that kid's a unicorn, right? He's 6'9". Yes. And he's like a point forward that does really every – I mean, it's just like his skill set is crazy. And he's, you know, probably three years away from gaining 30 more pounds, too. So, I mean, it's just like he's going to be – Potential,
0: insane. yeah. The best basketball right. for him is way ahead of like, him. You know, way,
1: like, years and years and years away. Yeah. So, but I mean, Nebraska's recruited those guys. I, I, you know, do I think they end up landing one of the three? Uh, maybe. Yeah. <laughs>
2: like,
1: you never know. I mean, and that, that's a, that's like that's like me just saying like that's a strong maybe. Like, huh? you know, like maybe. Um, like Jason Green, I know they like they were the first to offer him over a year ago, um, and you know we'll see with Isaac. I mean, I know him and Wes Wilkinson have a relationship yep. and Wes played there and all that. So like that maybe that's a thing and I know they don't his parents don't necessarily want him to go across the country, I don't think, at this point, but that can change. So I you know, we'll see where where it's at. But I you know, it's it's gonna take a very special kind of talent for Nebraska to uh, commit to that. Right. To mm-hmm. to taking a high school kid. That's just not what they've done. Yeah. That's, that's just not, not They're really it's not yeah, that they're yeah.
0: anti recruiting high school no, kids. But right. I mean, the, the blueprint at Iowa State was transfer heavy. That's just and that's fine. Right. You know, and like, I mean, right. I talked to Matt Abdelmasi on my pod and he made the point. He's like, listen, we're trying to get old and stay hold stay old. Right. And one of the ways right. to do that is to just go get transfers you know and right. by the way what I mean it to me it seems like it's a matter of if not when the one-time free transfer rule goes into effect right. I feel like that's only going to amplify Nebraska's approach to things I mean again it's not to say that they're not gonna uh, you know recruit a Hunter Salas or something you know a big-time kid in, in the state but I mean I, I think they have their their way of doing it and listen who can argue with what Fred did at Iowa <laughs> State you know dude killed it yeah
1: yeah you're you're not and and like you said, they, they want to get old and stay old, and that's exactly where they're at right now. I mean, I think, like, talent-wise, they're significantly better uh, or set up better for 2020, 2021 than they were nineteen twenty. Oh, my God. Significantly. I mean. Like, the roster is ridiculously better,
0: right? I mean, yeah. I I couldn't believe, Mike, when I went to – I think they played Doan in an exhibition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was like jaw dropped at just the, and and not to be me like just jaw dropped at the level of talent. I'm like, this is a Big Ten basketball team, you know. What I mean, and that's right. There, there does hit a point where when you're in a conference like the Big Ten, like there is a non negotiable level of just raw talent that <laughs> yeah. needs to be there, you know, regardless. And it, and right. it, it just they just weren't there. And like that's why I actually think like when you look back on it, Fred did a pretty good job because it wasn't like, you know, they kind of like. They'd kinda of hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, and then they'd have like a, a bad three or four minute stretch and before and then they'd be down seventeen and it's ball game, you know, like right. I mean, so but man, last I think this year, just on paper, the the raw talent on the roster is dramatically different.
1: Yeah, it's not even in the same like
0: conversations No. <laughs> what do you think uh I've two things get you out of here. Just to, sure. it's fun. Best high school basketball player in the state you've ever seen is who?
1: Ooh. Is uh, it Hunter? Jeez. um, the, the best, not prospect, right? But best, like most dominant, all that stuff was a koi. Okay. Like he just, I mean, he was a, I don't like people need to think about it. He was a true freshman in the state championship game. And he was one block shy of a triple double.
0: Yeah, that's nuts.
1: Or not true freshman, duh. Like, that's college. He was a freshman in high school. Yeah. Like, he was 15, 14, 15 years old. And almost, college. like, that's dominant, right? And that team was phenomenal. But he he was the most kind of dominant that I've seen in my time, right? Like, or even growing up around it. Um, I, I just think so. Hunter's the most talented guy. Like, as far as just raw, God-given, man, if you were making – a baby that was gonna be (laughs) you know right he's he's it right like he has all of that um so i I think comparing the two is that's that's the different comparison i mean he hunter hasn't been just crazy dominant in games yet i mean he's got a year left hopefully as a year um if we play but he hasn't been crazy dominant i mean chucky's another one that like that dude, see, talking about grown man, like he is strong, yeah, and and he's tough. Like he's not a crazy above the rim guy either, but that doesn't matter. Like he changes the game so many different ways. So um, those two guys are pretty special. I think people realize that at a young age when they were like seventh, eighth, ninth graders, they were like, all right, like this, these, these two, two cats man. are, yeah, these these two cats are a little different now. <laughs> so yeah, um, but I, I would say I would say that that him and and uh, defensively, Kyrie Thomas was was just. I mean, I, as you know, like yep. Creighton. I mean, he was in high school. I will never forget this. Uh, he, I went to. I was in some small town in South Dakota high school gym watching him play AU game, and I'm like, you know, I just want to track his deflections because you yeah, know because really that's what he's defender. long and yeah, all that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. In in the first eight minutes, so there's 16 minute halves in AU basketball first eight minutes the dude had seven deflections and i'm like <laughs> and they weren't playing you know i mean they were playing like a team that wasn't great right. but still like that's instincts and stuff and Oh, no like, doubt man this dude is ridiculous so he's 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 the most dominant i i think defensively like because on the ball he just was different
0: right yeah right? I think for me from what I saw, you know I mean like I was pretty I was really little and didn't know. I knew he was good but I was didn't I couldn't totally digest basketball and watching Strickland play and all that stuff. Yeah. But in like mo- the modern time like and maybe this is because I got to see this guy knock my brother's team out of the district finals mm. two straight years. Mike Gasell yeah, was, yeah, was a different. really 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 yeah. good high school basketball player and yeah absolutely I mean, because yeah. he because and, and one of the things that I liked about Mike is like I think Mike I think if you would have just he was on such a different level I honestly think if you would have went to Gassell and said you're you can't shoot in this game but go <laughs> dominate it like he could have he could have gotten yep. eight steals 14 assists controlled every possession all that all that stuff I thought I, I thought the world of Mike I thought he was he yeah. was awesome
1: he's that's a that's great like he was he was phenomenal um i'll never forget him like man i was sitting in the rafters i think it was his junior year i was sitting in the up top the Devanny watching him play or something like I, junior yeah. sophomore year something. one of those games like it was it was before i kind of started getting into this and he was young and i was like wow this dude's really good really? i mean he's just a good I, I basketball like, player yeah. man you know it's then, just yeah That that picture is vivid in my mind of just watching him warm up and like, you know, all those things. Him and Chucky are pretty similar. They are. They just they're just winners. They make winning plays.
0: Like now, Mike. I remember Mike. I've seen Mike, you know, rise up and punch on somebody in trap. Like Mike wasn't a horrible athlete, but he wasn't like a you know he wasn't going to be. He's not an elite athlete, but I mean, you got to remember. I mean, basically, Mike was like a four year starter at Iowa. Like, right. you know, I mean, the guy went and started. Yeah. He, he ran the show for four years as at a, Iowa. Like, you're pretty good. As,
1: yeah, as a, let's say, as a point guard. And yes. If you know, if you know that recruiting story, he yeah. wanted. To, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do. <laughs> he funny. wanted to go to somewhere else, and they told him he couldn't play point guard. Yeah, that.
0: silly, absolutely <laughs> silly. What about what about? We'll get you out in this best high school team. Right. I mean, I bet it, it, best right. high school team it's, you've ever seen in the state of Nebraska is who?
1: It's that Omaha Central group. Like that, they were I mean, they were ridiculous. Yeah. Uh with a coy and trade on That was uh two thousand um, um, and thirteen. Um Tradeon and KJ Scott, Nick Billingsley, DeAndre Hollins Johnson,
0: um yeah, that's, like, that's, that's like seven D one yeah. dudes, you know. Yeah. I mean
1: Tra Thurman was a junior mm-hmm. um and and even like you could go there's guys that were on that team, John Ali was a guy. That was on the like a bench player that barely played. He could have gone small college somewhere too if he, and probably started at over 50% of the other metro schools. But he barely played, and like he could have gone small college somewhere too. That that team, I think 2013 whatever team, the fourth state title. That was that was easily the most dominant and probably the best team in. Yeah. In the state's I, history, hard to argue. Say. It's hard to argue yeah.
0: with. Uh, I mean, we just put a pen to paper. It's it's really hard to to argue with it, man. I mean, I'm telling you, I hope. I hope obviously, I hope basketball season goes high school wise. Because, man, I'm telling you, Mike, mm. I think my, my brother's got a young core that's kind yeah. of coming, man. Like I know, I mean, mm-hmm. they're not Hunter, Salas, and Jason Green, all those guys, <laughs> but like, oh, I'm yeah. you, you, know, Jared they're, and Ryland Liz- and Ben, and like they're like, I'm telling you, man, like they're they're hey, coming.
1: They, I told him. I told him after they played at West side on a Saturday afternoon and they got beat and it was like, not very close. And I go, you know what? Like, and I, I talked to him after the game or text him or something. Yeah. And I said, I said, hang in there, man. Cause you guys are going to be good. Not, not really probably not, obviously not this year. Sure. Maybe not next year, but in two years, you guys are going to be really good. And like, they are like, he built that thing. He went young on yep. purpose um it, they're gonna be really really good they, they they should be the best team in Lincoln in maybe this year or may, for sure next year I would say
0: Mike Sauter I kept you for over an hour I lied to you I didn't <laughs> I didn't think I didn't think we'd go this far but this was fun man uh everybody follow Mike's stuff read him on the Omaha World Herald again he's uh he, he's just dominates the high school sports scene in terms of coverage and all that i uh, keep doing your thing man I I, I really love what you're doing
1: yeah i appreciate you nick thanks for having me you got it man
0: all right my thanks to pella windows and doors if you're thinking about a new window or a new front door now is the perfect time give pella a call at 402-493-1350 or check them out online at pellaomaha.com we will see you next time on the nick Bob podcast
2: Introduction